Welcome to the Rose Petals podcast. In this hour, we reflect, ride, and navigate next generation transportation in the Bay Area and beyond. I'd like to introduce Tracy, Nancy, Keith, Allison, Val, and Susan, the PAUSD music teachers ride almost everywhere, rain or shine, by bicycle with their instruments, being great role models for our kids and families in the community. Welcome to the podcast. It's always so inspiring to see you. So tell, tell me, who, who is the mastermind behind this? Well, I think mastermind's probably a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> I'm Tracy, um, and I joined the Palo Alto Unified School District. I'm from the South Bay. I, I live in the South Bay. I was relatively new to the peninsula, and when I joined the district as a new teacher, I was uh, joining a fourth grade general music travel team. So our fifth grade team is also a travel team, and I was given a, a roadmap of where to go, where to park. And I noticed that because we pushed into classrooms, we didn't need to carry a lot of things. But I also noticed that it was time consuming to get in a car and park and then walk a campus to get to your classroom. So over the summer before I joined the team and uh, school started, I thought, how can I maximize time but also get a chance to meet the community? Because being new in a district where I was traveling to five schools a day, so if you don't know about a travel, an itinerant music teacher is what we're called. We we cover several sites each day as music teachers, so that also makes it difficult to connect to the school community and learn about parents and families and get to know the teachers. And I thought, well, what better way to be on a bike? Because I noticed Palo Alto is a biking town, much different from my South Bay community. So. Uh, because kids were on bikes, I thought I could be on one too. And I tried it out. I did a test run in the summer when the schools were out. And I followed my schedule each day and figured out that I could actually be faster on a bike than I could be in a car. So when the first day rolled around and I met my new boss, Nancy, I asked her, hey, I'd like to bike between the school sites. Is there any issue? And she said, well, you have to wear a helmet which was a given. She was maybe a little hesitant at first, but I promised her that I knew how to ride a bike without training wheels. And she said, give it a go. And uh, the first week went seamlessly. And then, uh, yeah, one thing led to another. I'll let Keith, he was the next person to jump on a bike with me, take it over. What year was this, Tracy? This would have been 2014, the 2014-15 school year. I think that was my first year in the district. And, uh, yeah, so it was a while ago. So Keith, what was your decision-making calculus? Yeah, I saw Tracy did it maybe a day or two or a week. I didn't have any biking equipment to take my stuff, so I believe I borrowed an old bike of hers with panniers or something in the back and, and rode with her. And I used to wear a suit and tie every day. And so uh, my first uh, picture on the bike with her, I have my my suit on still. So it's changed how I, I, I dress now, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, ever since then, I, I haven't stopped biking. So next, it was me, Susan, who was shamed into riding. No, not really. But um, Keith, he, he kept telling me I could do it because he's a lot younger than I am. And I was not in very good shape. And, and we had to carry a trailer and, and a lot of other items with us. So I, you know, for a whole year, he said, no, no, you can do it. No, you, oh, no, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. And eventually I said, well, I'll give it a try. And I bought a bike and I got a trailer and I started going. And at the end of every day, I'd say, I can't do this tomorrow. It's too much. But 
it got better and better and better and I got in good shape it, it was terrific and like we've said already it is faster to get to each of the schools everything was a lot more organized because it's in one trailer instead of pulling it out of your car and I thought it was really nice now Allison was with us some of that time and I bet she'd like to tell her story of how she got uh, to do it as well shamed <laughs> Shaming never works for me, by the way. I <laughs> no, I didn't get shamed. Magic. They were actually uh, really patient because my first year in the district, I'm a strings teacher, and it was mostly the band teachers biking, and the other strings teacher did not at the time. So I kind of joined uh, that strings person and not biking, and I was a little scared the first year. And then I was convinced I, I was actually took a year to go teach general music, and I came back on a team, and it's without a doubt riding a bike this time and it was a lot it was a lot easier you don't have back problems from taking your stuff in and out of the car it is faster I hate all the red lights in Palo Alto there's always a red light <laughs> when you're driving probably because they're time for bikes or something so I was convinced not by actually shame but just they led by example Keith doesn't make you feel guilty but he does in just the nicest way Susan what kept you going after every time that you said, I'm just, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember being more like, oh, come on. You know, the next morning would come and I wasn't so tired. And yeah, you can do it again today. And you can do it again today. And so I, I just did it one day after the other. So one day at a time. Um, and I seem to have more and more strength. So that, that worked out well for me. Allison? I also have to say, though, that Keith and Sue were my, and, and Tracy were kind of my directors riding around town when I first learned. Keith specifically sets really good examples of bike safety. He's really care communication when you're in a group, which way we're going, the hand signs, where to ride. So he's, he, sets, he sets a really good example, and it's really easy to follow his lead without being too pushy. He's a great, great bike leader teaching. So he needs to be on the team for the next 30 years for anybody new to kind of onboard yes, everybody. In the, in the early days when there were more than two of us riding, we all did have to learn the proper technique of a pace line. And we were actually more of a danger to ourselves than, than the cars <laughs> were to us. We still are sometimes. We always have to teach the kids about stopping and using the hand signal. And yeah, we always want to set a good example for the kids. We try to say hi to them you know, say, say hi to them as we're like riding to each school. We always have our yellow jackets on so people can see us. We have our lights and reflectors and our helmets and encourage kids to wear their helmets. This is Nancy, I'm the program coordinator. One of the things that they also, the team also participated in was the bike to school days. So they would get to the school early and greet kids at the, at the gates as they arrived and congratulated them for using their bikes and, and just basically walk their talk. The other thing that I found over the years, um, especially when Sue was, was finding her legs, they would, you know, teaching is physically exhausting. So, and you add going to five different schools a day, you're, and you're moving all this stuff around. I think um, what I noticed was going just the time the physical movement on the bike between the schools gave everybody energy. They were they shared how their classes went and and they talked about kids in terms of this is how I supported this student. Do you have any suggestions? So it became an office on wheels. 
and that energized the teachers. And by the end of the day, when they would show up here, all of them piling in with their bikes, they, there was laughter and energy. They were not exhausted anymore. So that was it was really motivating to see um, to see that 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 camaraderie and collaboration over the years. You all really apply this to your mental and physical health, especially when you're in such a stressful job as teaching kids. Do you ride out outside of your work commute? Yeah, we're all a little bit different about that. Some of the rainy days, well, Keith and I, when we were riding, there's one year where we were riding, just the two of us, before Allison joined us. And so we would look at our phone and we'd find out how many inches per hour it was going to rain. And we would decide if it was past 0.03, well, 0.08 maybe, we'd go up to about 0.08 inches an hour. And other, after that, I probably wouldn't ride. He might still ride because he has all the gear, you know, plastic bags everywhere. No, he has actually has real gear and has all kinds of things. I don't think Keith has ever been stopped by the weather. So, yeah, I, I plan to ride rain or shine. Your question also is, you know, what we do on the bike. I plan a bike every day at school, and then outside of school, I... I tow my kids in in the the trailer so I take them around like the bay trail and all that around around town and then I, I like to go up up in the hills on my own on my road bike that's kind of what I do so I'm a little worried next year going back to the rain I'm actually a little nervous next year we have a couple we have Sean who's new this year and we haven't been working on a rainy day yet so I'm curious what he he's going to do and we're also getting a new uh band teacher next year. So I'm definitely pretty shy when it comes to going in the rain. I, I, I don't like teaching with wet pants. Keith is pretty good about biking in the rain. I, I do have my limits. I think Sue, Sue and I kind of match on what we think. What about yeah. spare the air days and wildfire season? Certain when it gets to a certain point, I don't bike just for my lung health because you're breathing in more. And I think most of us are about the same as anybody. Yeah, I, I still bike, but I don't push it hard like I normally maybe yeah. would. Mm -hmm. I think there was one day, um, not this this year, obviously we weren't in school, but the year prior it was it was some serious wildfire. So on those, there's like one or two days where we didn't bike because mm -hmm. of that. And then do we bike in personal time? Do you bike? Um, this is Val. Um, this is Val. <laughs> I am relatively new to the team, and for a little bit of my time here, I, I've been here for two years, a little bit of my time here, actually a large portion of my time here, we weren't in person biking, but for the times that I did bike, I enjoyed it so much and definitely feel very connected to my colleagues when I do bike with them, and it's fabulous. I, I have a shared job, so I'm also teaching at the middle school, so I get to work with two wonderful teams. But yes, I do bike in my free time and I do feel more inclined to, especially due to the times right now. And it's awesome. I live by the Stevens Creek Trail, so I don't live in Palo Alto, but I live by this trail that takes you right to the Baylands. And um, I'm hoping to use that next year to possibly bike from home to work, which I think that Keith is doing right now with him living in Menlo Park. So he's setting the bar high. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that Allison does have an, another bike that she's biking around in Pacifica with, if she wants to talk more about that. 
Yeah, um, with the trailers, the uh, Keith has Keith and Tracy and Sue have inspired me a lot. So my dog's getting a little bit older, and uh, you know, this past year, we've been teaching from home. So I decided instead of just taking him for walks, he's now we now get to go up the hills on the coast with my dog, and he uh, we go a couple beaches down, and we run on the sand where he's a little more comfortable, and and he gets back in his trailer and comes home with us, and. It's super, it's super cute. So yeah, we, we bike, most of us bike outside of, of work too. Yeah. Yeah. And Allison is always posting pictures of <laughs> her dog, Mac, just yeah. and staying active. And yeah. are you guys like music teacher famous? We would love for, for that to get out a little bit more because it is a pretty amazing thing that they're doing. When I started here 19 years ago, we had a team of probably eight teachers that went to all 12 schools and they didn't even carpool together. And it was partly because we had so much stuff we had to carry around that their cars were full. So, and that was kind of before the iPod and computers weren't that big. So we had a ton of stuff we were moving around. So it's been, it's been an evolution. One of the things about the air quality too, a good unintended consequence of these ma this mask wearing has been during allergy season and you're on your bike, it's, I'm not bothered by wearing my mask and by the allergies. So that's been great. And I noticed when, when COVID started to clear up, we, I started taking my mask off while I was riding and I could smell all the exhaust again. So it's kind of nice to have at least some sort of a mask on while we're riding around. I know sometimes it feels like there's this delicate balance, even in a place like Palo Alto, where 57% of the middle school kids ride a bike, that one change could turn the tide on families feeling comfortable walking and biking. Kindergarten families didn't really get to see how it's done. What are some of the ways, let's say that you, these new music teachers are uncomfortable being a part of your biking crew? Oh, yeah, I can speak uh, to that. What, what what I found is at least, especially when I started, when I started the, started to bike that very first year, everyone, no one was uh, necessarily discouraging, just not encouraging because it hadn't been done before. But what we found is once everyone saw that it was actually doable and that we, I would sometimes beat the cars to the classroom door. So once, once people really saw that, yes, you can still transport things on a bike pretty easily. Keith also started showing students, he'd do a little master class about how to load your bike. If you have a trumpet or a trombone, we would tell families the kinds of bike racks that would make biking to school with an instrument easier. We talked a lot about that. I showed, cause I, I had a Burley at the time. A friend of mine turned me on to the Burley bike trailers, the ones with just two wheels. They're just really easy to navigate and move around. While I wouldn't necessarily recommend a student to pull a trailer because it does require a little bit of skill in terms of not taking a corner to turn. You, know, you don't want to get that back wheel caught on a, on a fence post or you go flying. But once students, uh, well, the students already do it. And what we find is that the more they see the success or we see each in, in each other of getting to and from point A point to point B, um, you're more likely to give it a try. And nobody shames anyone if they jump in their cars, but um, it's also just, it's just so much fun. I think once they do it once, it's it just, it's something that's self-perpetuating. So I would say we don't really have to inspire many people to jump on board. It's just too much fun. The laughter and, and just the fun stories that we tell too. So we have a lot of fond memories over the what's, how many years has it been now? Somebody will have to do the math for me. I'm a music teacher, not a math teacher. <laughs> 
I wanted to add on to what Tracy was saying. We we saw, I think it happened a couple years ago too. I think Keith had a euphonium kid, um, but we just had a kid this week. Can you explain what a euphonium is? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's a mini it's tuba. It's okay. a... Yeah, tuba. So a large instrument that kid has to bring back and forth to school, but they bike. And Val and I had a kid this year that plays the cello. And they're like, I, I guess the family are avid bikers. And they saw how we brought our stuff to school. And they actually bought a cello uh, or uh, um, brought the cello. They brought a burly just for, and they had no clue until the past couple of weeks of school. We were back in person and, and they saw it and they, they got it and copied us. And it was the best that was the, one of the best days of going back <laughs> seeing these kids with their with their hauling their cello to school i had a friend who said i don't bike in the rain i hate biking in the rain and i said don't think about why you should think about why you wouldn't why wouldn't you bike in the rain actually if you have a nice poncho covering your handlebars you get around quicker and started riding and now she's mom of three kids crossing the dumbarton to get to work and shifting the mindset you know, your own evolution and growth. What do you see as some of the biggest barriers to supporting more families using active transportation? Yeah, I'll share a little bit of my story. It was about three years ago, after I was in, I thought, pretty good shape, one morning I just kind of went for it after a, a red light and I tore my meniscus. And I, I went, I kept writing the whole day, you know, thinking it'll go away, but it didn't go away. And it was something I eventually had surgery for. And that took me a while to get back on the bike, even after the surgery. So the, the idea was for me, I said, I, I just have to keep riding. So I, I did buy an e-bike and that has helped me be, you know, helped me get back. It actually was sort of therapy and uh, has helped me get back to riding. Now I plan when I, this is my last day of work, I'm retiring today. So I plan, I plan to uh, put real bike riding back into my life as a hobby and as a fun thing to do and maybe do most of my chores on bike from where I live. So that has led me to this. So that's, that's my goal personally is to get to using a car a lot less. E-bikes can be a great shortcut to not having to worry about accelerating from zero with sue's uh with sue being on an e-bike too we really have a tight a tight um window between schools we usually have about 20 minutes so it kind of i think is a, a relief also knowing that i have to take it easy but we can get there and not worry about holding anybody up or being being late to set up for your class so it's it's i i think it's a, a great solution i'll probably end up using one sometime in my career too, because you don't want to go back into it. What do you think we is needed to move the needle? 57% of Palo Alto kids, middle school kids are biking. How would you get to 67, 77? I think uh, the challenges for me personally that I've overcome to make sure it's consistent, reliable mode of transportation is getting the trailer that fit our needs. Without that, it wouldn't be possible. So knowing what's on the market, what's possible with the bike attachments is a challenge to overcome. The other is weather, having the right kind of gear for, are you gonna ride in the rain or not? How do you keep your feet dry 
that's my issue. So once you fix those challenges, you're in the clear. In terms of the challenges in Palo Alto, crossing El Camino, they have some good crossing guards. So they've done a really good job with that. Normally students don't have to cross. They bike upgrades over by Green Middle School. That bike bike zone I thought was really good. But if you're staying on middle field past the middle school, that's one of those corridors that doesn't seem too, too bike friendly. That's because the bike boulevards are parallel to it, right? So uh, there's reasons for some of the, the challenges in the city. It's because they don't want you to maybe be on those roads. They have special designations. I think the challenge for students then is having their families navigate the safe bike routes, which I know is one of those help them with. And I think you, you do that, right? Safe bike routes to school. We have the, yeah, we have um, walk and roll maps, suggested route maps for each school. One of the, the scary parts as, as a father now is to watch, as a human, is to watch the kids coming to school on their bikes and people driving. And the arrival at school, in my opinion, is not exciting to watch. I, I don't know of the solutions or uh, the projects to make it happen, but you know, watching students arrive at Barron Park or having them arrive even at El Carmelo. It's a bike-friendly road, but then there's drivers pulling in, pulling out to drop-offs. You know, how do you, there's the protected bike lane solution, but that gets rid of parking. So, you know, there's, there's all those barriers, but I think that's something. And then Sue's kindly reminding me of a grant that I tried to do with the city they didn't like it, but I wanted to add bike stations for pumping tires, kind of like what they have at the high schools. Uh, it got rejected, but having those kind of bike stations set up at schools would also provide families with maybe some confidence that they get a flat or partial flat or they, they needed to fix their bike, they could. I've always said that arrival dismissal time is the most stressful time of the day for principals. There's a lot to do to create a seamless pick up drop off experience for all modes of transportation. I think we have our work cut out for it for us, but at the same time, I think the payoff is huge. I mean, 42% of Palo Alto kids bike. Tracy was saying that she was inspired. The kids led the way. This is an, an example of where, what do we have in this country? Less than 2% of adults are biking for work. You're like part of that lucky 2% where you get to do that for your job. And where kids are leading the way, it's important for us to think about how precious that resource is and how critical it is to encouraging families to also consider active transportation modes for the larger societal benefit. But I mean, really, when it comes down to it, for the personal benefit, less stress, improved mental health, improved readiness to learn. The challenge of your day is overcome once you've gotten somewhere on a bike. You're like, well, I can do that. I can do anything. I, I, I do want to say that I hope we're slowly, between us, between all of us, we see every single student who's been in fifth grade in the district. So between all, we all bike and the new guys 
uh, definitely are biking. They they seem very athletic, and and I'll be huffing and puffing behind them. But <laughs> you asked about getting the kids interested, like the middle schoolers. How do we get it to sixty percent or sixty seven percent from our where, where it's at now? And we do see we see every single kid if they've gone through K twelve, they're going to have one of us at some point in fifth grade. And I get kids who are like how do you bike with that thing? And I just show like, oh, you hook it up right here. And they're like, oh, and then like, but then they never, sometimes we're in the classroom and they never actually see me hook it up. And then when they see like the magic hooking up the trailer to the bike and how simple it is, they're like, oh. So I, I do think that, you know, the, the more that we're around, it's only been a few years really where it's everybody, not um, one or two team members. I think Hopefully it'll get from like 57 to 58%. Maybe we can be, you know, a slight little tick in that just because we do see every, every kid. Because you all bring me so much joy when I see you. And like, oftentimes, like I see kids too, who are not wearing helmets and they're riding around and it's, you really have to be situation specific about it because they get yelled at all the time. And at the same time, they are ultimately, they're making an unsafe personal decision, but they're making a very wonderful decision for their community. They're the heroes for help in the community. They don't realize that. They're just riding their bike, trying to look cool and hang out with their friends. I, I'm always considering the situation and considering like, can I actually make a connection with a student right now at the stoplight and say, your bike is amazing. It would be so much awesomer if you put that helmet on to compliment your amazing bike. <laughs> or like how you say it. If you just yell like to a bunch of middle school kids that are just having fun with their friends, wear a helmet. You're supporting safety. And then you're also taking away a little bit of that joy that they feel from riding. And you bring so much of that as music teachers. What do you think could introduce more joy to riding a bike in our community. Music, bike parties, slow roll events. What would you think would help support the kids for making the healthy decision as opposed to calling them out for something that you care about their safety? But if all they hear is what they're doing wrong, that takes away from this feeling of, thank you for riding. Thank you for not contributing to traffic congestion in our community. That's one of the number one concerns. Thank you. So I, I have an idea, I guess, yeah. uh, based on what you're saying. A couple years ago, this guy was at Briones looking at uh, refitting the bike parking. It could be cool to, gamification is powerful. You don't have to always throw a Jolly Rancher at a kid, but gamification of biking could help. If there's a bike ranking for the first one at school and they have their own special slots on the bike rack, you know, that could be cool. Or the number of days consecutively biked, keeping track and they, they can rank up. There could be class to class competition or, or district competition for, for participating. It, you know, they don't have to be the best at anything, showing up, doing, doing their part as a member of the team, you know, that, that could be a fun and engaging thing and would organize the bikes too at the school, which I know can be a mess. As you gamify it, add those areas where a student doesn't have to be the best or the fastest, but they're, they're the most safe. So, so safety factors, that type of thing. So find the areas that you really want to pinpoint and, and bring those into that game. 
Keith's a master at games, by the way, if you need more help. I have to tell you, though, the kids do really do like the bike rodeo. And there's times that we go on campus when kids haven't seen us yet in the school year. And they're like, is the bike is the bike rodeo here? They, they think we're you. <laughs> and they, they kind of say it like with a smile when they come. So, I mean, the bike rodeo seems to be doing a lot for our community too. And I see, I, I remember one day you, you were having it outside uh, where I was teaching at Hoover and I was just watching you the whole time. It was, it, it's great. I think it's something that's really helped our community and brings, brings the kid together at school. And I like that you do it. You have their attention. <laughs> they have to listen to you because they're at school. <laughs> it's not like an option, but I think that kids who wouldn't otherwise have, have go to like a slow roll or, or something like that, they're, they're there and then they're seeing how cool it is and it's and, and how to be safe. And it's awesome seeing parents dress up like cow hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can if I can make that happen at the schools, that really just adds to the color. But yeah, I mean K to eight compulsory education is unique in Palo Alto and Safe Routes to School programs have been going on for more than fifty years. Huge shout out to the district because even amidst the pandemic, we still taught bike and pedestrian safety education this year. They made time for that. And that took a lot of conversation when everyone was really focused on sanitizing and social distancing to make the case for the importance of outdoor daily physical activity to regulate mental health and physical health. As music teachers, do you have any favorite songs about biking? When we returned this year, um, the night before we returned to in-person teaching, I sent everybody Queens, <laughs> of course. We don't really listen to music in between. We listen to music all day and we chat, we chat in between and uh, uh, on our bikes. And even when I'm biking personally, I, I live by the ocean. I want to hear the waves and I don't, I, I personally don't listen to music when I'm biking. <laughs> I feel like it's safer too. One fun thing that Sue and I discovered a few years back is we have a set of speakers that we teach with and we leave them on. We don't play music out of them, but when you hit the speaker, when you take the speaker and you hit it, it makes sounds. And so one day Sue is riding around uh, with hers on, mine were off, and she went over this bump and uh, and all we heard was this <laughs> like a little, you know, techno beat. And uh, so we leave our speakers on now for a little excitement as we're riding. <laughs> When Ross Road was built out, I had a whole like roundabout, you spin me right round. I had a whole series of songs, music and biking, you know, they, they are very good allies. And I, I'm happy to share any of my mixes with you. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I would just say, if you're afraid of it, like I was, get a friend and go with them. So, so get somebody else to ride too. And, and that way it's a lot more fun. And if you don't have a friend, and you live in Palo Alto, consider me your official bike concierge. Yeah, for me, besides the, the people you're with, it's the fear of not having everything you need. So finding the right equipment and the gear, and it can get expensive. So not getting overwhelmed with the financial commitment, but find the gear that will work for you. And if you don't know what gear to get, maybe looking to someone like you for that advice. If if Tracy didn't show us the Travoy trailer, I don't think it would have worked out for me. Yeah, the trailers are the, the lifesaver. This has been so fun. I hope more parents 
get, get a chance to hear this podcast so that they can hear your story. This is what you do. I don't know if when you're interviewing teachers, you're like, hey, just before you jump on, you need to know something about us. Everything's a little different around here. This is one of the main reasons we started the Instagram, just because we tweet, teach at 12 schools. And I personally, uh, I started my career off working at multiple, five different schools. And it was hard to know the community. And then I worked at a school for five years where it was, I was the music teacher and I knew my kids, the whole families. I knew every kid. I knew everything about them. And moving here, going back to a job where I'm at 12 schools now, we don't know anybody and they don't know us. And I'm hoping that Instagram gives some personalization to us in the Palo Alto families so they actually know who we are. They, a lot of times they don't know who we are. So hopefully they can see us and say hi. And there's not such a mystery when this big yellow blob with instruments comes <laughs> comes down the road. Well, thank you for being such amazing bike ambassadors. Val, anything you want to add? Um, thank you for having us. It was so awesome just to, you know, share our, I think that we are so busy always teaching and um, it's so awesome to hear what everyone has to say about biking and um, I hope that, you know, we all will continue to bike for a very, very long time. And it, we're looking forward to hearing the podcast. And thank you for having us. Thank you for being such wonderful bike safety ambassadors, heroes for health. Thank you for, for sharing your time with us today. Um, this has been the Rose Petals podcast.